Welcome back to Under the Radar with me, Sean Hughes, my special guest, Rob Newman, for part two of the show. Now, Rob, um, this is an amazing thing. Rob, you were the first guys to play Wembley. You and David Deal as part of your double act. So, you were, like, you were the very... Seriously, you were the very first of that kind of what has happened since. But you hated it, didn't you? Uh, I, I don't like... Uh, arena gigs and it was just a sort of a show off thing I was curious to see what those venues like and uh, venues up to there are really good like Hammersmith Odeon yeah. Apollo as is Manchester Apollo beautiful gig and I think when The Clash were the biggest band in the country they did seven nights at the Lyceum and then when they went to America they did sort of I know 12 at Bonds Casino and everyone I was at one of those gigs at the Lyceum and I remember it to my dying day as will everyone who was there no one has a meaningful experience at, at, a, at an arena gig and, right, and I regret yeah. I regret the presence when I've gone there as a punter to watch to watch um, bands it's always been been really flat as well and um, uh, uh, it's yeah, I, I I I regret the press, and it was it was sort of it was it was showing off, and I I don't know why. You were young, you, you know. You didn't yeah, yeah, really and it know, was sort of you know. exactly. But my point is, so you were you were the biggest comedy act in the country. But it didn't sell that. I don't I don't know about that because it didn't. Oh, it was papered, yeah. Yeah, it was papered, yeah. And only it's about, sold about sort of 4,000. It's not the biggest gig I've done, I don't think. And and and, and I did sort of like three nights of Manchester Apollo on my own the following year, and I don't think the Heathrow Climate Camp. Uh, that was a big one, and then at the Phoenix Festival, big crowds there. You know yeah. that, that was a really good festival that, that lasted. Um, yeah, yeah but, it was papered. Yeah. <laughs> no, but the thing is, like, so, but like, you were you and David Deal. Uh, I don't know. You were, but, but people, but famous people knew who you were. No one ever, no one ever knew who I was. And I was thinking, but I get this many things, this many, and then, but then, and then, you Paul McCartney knew, who, knew who you <laughs> were. But th- my point is, like, you kind of. Um, Pretty much from that Wembley thing, then you just changed. You took a back step. And yes. just went, I want nothing to do with this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was tell me, it tell was me tremendous was. fun, and then it wasn't fun anymore. So I stopped, and then I did, and then I was sort of. Uh, I thought, uh, and I think because, I think I thought, oh, well, writing books will be easy too, because stand up sort of, you know, write, write, writing it came to me, takes and, a long and I just, time. and then it sort of takes a long time, and you have to learn, and then. And I'm, I let me manager at the time persuade me into doing the first book in four months. It's got to be out by September. And I wish I'd just, just taken a, a bit more time off and just really just just gone away and just had some time off and done it. And I was so quick to sort of start doing something my own. And I and I and I didn't get, give that the, the time it, it, it needed. And, and um, yeah, but besides that, like, did you not? Pretty much just go. I want none of this. I the wasn't sure if I was going to. Yeah, I, I did. I, I, it was. It was like a big scary. It was nice to see what it was like. It was. It, it, but it's like I always think it's like a big sort of slightly um, too powerful dog. It's sort of. It's got a friendly and it's it's over friendly dog, but that's sort of slightly uh, very good. Now get so down. It was a conscious decision. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and then um, uh, yes. But there must have been like times since then that you go, why did I not? Pursue that more. Oh, now I mean, I'm carrying when I'm carrying all my own props to with my vast amount of props that I'm carrying now to sort of a, a gig on my own and thinking, well, um, um, God, it would be nice to have a tour manager now. Now I really need one now that I'm old and tired. And um, uh, but perhaps I wouldn't be enjoying the stand up as well and putting as much into it, and it wouldn't be as good now if I hadn't sort of 
gone away for a while and, and not done it. Because, like... Again, we'll we'll kind of skip Rue around a bit. But uh, the last show I saw you, I really enjoyed it. But I wouldn't Thank have you. said it was a stand-up show. You know, the kind of... Uh, it's more kind of a lecture, really. Yeah, but... but, but the, Jeremy Hardy makes a good point. They say, oh, if you're, a, if you say you're, a, I mean, you're talking about the, the theory, new theory of evolution, yeah. the evolution show. Yeah, but the thing is, I would say, in terms of gag quotient, I bet that's as high as any as any uh, like proper big gags or proper proper jokes. I, what I don't have is the is, is a little standard. You know what I mean? You you were just. But what does that mean? But what but what does that mean? I mean, nor does nor was nor was one night stand. You that that wasn't sort of like. You know, you know, you were performing that in a different way. No, I, I will say this um, as a kind of like bigging you up, but like you were very brave in that sense. You just went, "Here are facts. Here are facts. Here are facts." Where, where my shows are going, I'm running towards a gag. I'm running towards a gag. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you know, what I'm saying mm-hmm. it was very brave, but it's a totally different way of doing a stand-up. It's just a sort of a style, though, isn't it? You're still doing the same. You, you know, you still, you still. No, look, Rob. My point is, you are actually saying to people, "This is an interesting point," rather than going, "Here's a gag." Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. again, I'm complimenting you, but it's, it's quite a brave thing to do, and this is what, this is what I think people fascinate, people get fascinated by you because, as I said, you had the world uh, at your fingertips in that sense, uh, you know, with the Wembley and stuff, and you just went, nah. And I just think that's... I respect it with all my heart. Oh, that you. just you. went, nah. But so... But then you kind of went underground for a while. Mm. I don't mm-hmm. mean with moles and stuff, yeah, yeah. but you just went... Cause like, at the same time as well, because like, you know how fame kind of is. Like, you would have been kind of wanting to get on with your own stuff and it would have been going, hey, Rob! <laughs> and you go, but also, that's the other me. thing, is is there used to be, like, an underground and you see all those sort of legendary gigs where the Floyd did or whatever, like, before even our time, but they were sort of, like, sort of secret gigs. And they, were, they were an underground and then there would be these journalists whose job was to sort of go and find out what's happening. And there are underground gigs now, but the journalists don't do anything that isn't in a venue that sort of advertises or or own with a franchise sort of cider company or something. And so I did sort of... There's quite a lot of... There's quite an interesting uh, underground gigs that I've done. Uh, uh, that, 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 but it's just, it's just invisible. So, yeah. Know. But so, but also live stuff as well. I mean, because I, I haven't done... Um, not much, I've just done my first radio series for 20 years. I would have to wait another 20 years for the next one, um, which comes out in, in November on, on um, Radio 4. We tried to get Jazz FM, but they, they weren't interested in the four-part yeah. about called the entirely accurate Encyclopedia of Evolution. Um, but um, uh, I put in jokes about Coltrane and nothing was happening. And then... Uh, um, um, but I remember sort of I did eighty five gigs last year, and then so uh, old. yeah, <laughs> do that in a week on the yeah. railway children. <laughs> <laughs> but you doing eleven a week, but, but you're not on stage for the whole time. You're not. Oh, you're pretty not, much. Mr. Perks isn't carrying that show. Mr. Perks is Yorkshire. <laughs> he is the Yorkshire. Do you do him with the Yorkshire accent? Yeah, I do. Do your Mr. Perks I'm voice. I'm not going to be a monkey for you. Rob. Go on, do Perks. Do perks. <laughs> Awkward! <laughs> but, um, no, but, like, because the thing is, like... There's my ringtone. You and uh, David Hill, you, mm. you never really got on, really. You were mates, but you, 
you just didn't get on, did you? I, mean, I got got on. We well, did get on very well, and then and he, and he was a very generous laugher, and so he's, yeah. he's one of those people which is quite good if you do have as comes with the <laughs> littler mind. <laughs> it's very it's very good sort of. Um, it can make you feel like you're you're Woody Allen or something because you because you're saying something and then and yeah. whatever. And also, he's got. I never know if something's funny until I've tried it out on stage. Instinctively, you do that. No, I don't. I really don't. I, I when I do, a, do you? Do yes. You? I don't. Sometimes you think, um, you think, oh right, oh, I'll have the rest of the day off there. That's really good. That's a good. I think that will work. But usually, I'm trying stuff out in my. S- Set this. I think right, that's going to the thing that I think is going to get a massive laugh gets nothing, and the thing that I just put in as a sort of setup, to my surprise, know, yeah. gets a big laugh. And I think I don't know, I don't know why, and, and so it's, I'm still very surprised by that, and that's what keeps yeah, me. Yeah, but still you still doing do it. have instinct, though. You'll kind of pretty much know. I no, I did. I, where the instinct comes in is sometimes you think it didn't get much laugh, but there was a sort of there was a sort of uh, ripple of. Anticipation there, and I think they want they like the general idea. You know, weirdly, Darwin says he's one of the only people who said something who's not a comedian who said something really intelligent about comedy. He says that before there's the laugh, there's this sort of field effect where people are enjoying the idea and they're just waiting for something. They've already sort of made the, the, the decision to laugh, they're loving the idea and they're waiting just for the sort of the punchline or something, some. for it all to snap into focus so that they can, they can give you the laugh. In what context should we say that? Uh, it was it was this wonderful book called The Expression of the Emotions in Man and Animals, and he's looking at where does laughter come from? Where where? I mean, he's got this, this beautiful book. He says language evolves from singing and singing love songs, and then and looking at where laughter comes from, where anger. Why do we why do we snarl when we're angry to show the canine teeth that we don't really have anymore? And um, that it's a beautiful like a really book. book yeah. It's a really I'm great book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so right so so then basically Wembley, and then you basically stopped. Yeah, for yeah for 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 for, for a bit yeah, and then um, well I know then then I went and did another tour quite quickly and then I, on my own and then then I um, and then I stopped. I was uh, were you totally disillusioned? I was tired. I just wanted to, I wanted to do something else for a bit. I'd done it. You know, I've been working. working well, when you say hard. that, did you know what? I thought I was going to write books, I, and then, then and then um, and um, yeah. But have you did you've had some sabbaticals, right? Yeah, I took a seven year break. I just thought. Did I, you? I thought, but not similar to you. I actually thought I'd said everything I needed to say on stage mm-hmm. that I could within the remits of that kind of comedy. And so I wrote books in that sense because I felt I could say much more. Than and, and what brought you back to it after? Well, those seven I realised. Um, comedy is the most honest thing, mm. and I just had to get better at it, you know, so I could say those ideas better. Did you, yeah. Is that what you're finding as well? Yeah, I, that's it. I think I couldn't earlier on. You say, oh, "Why weren't you talking about this then?" I wasn't good enough then. Yeah. I didn't have the. I hadn't learned how to how to say that stuff. Now I still get defeated by things. Sometimes you still think, "God, I really want to talk about this," and I just can't find a way of of coming at it. Because comedy will never let you say a thing straight on. You've always got to come at it slant. Yeah, because, like, and, and again, I'm not kind of uh, derailing anything here, but we are slightly autistic. We have to be, really, to have a comedy brain. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think it comes out of... Uh, out of. Um, I think it's a healthy thing. No, I, I 
the, the very opposite. We're going to disagree on that. Yeah, let's disagree. Go on, carry on. Go on. Shall I push yeah. you? Yeah, no, you carry on on your one. So you know, you... I, I do think we come... Like, the reason you get the comedy is because you go from a stupid notion, mm. which... Obviously, then, when you say it to people, they go, oh, my God, that's, that's unusual, because they don't think like that. I do think we're all mentally ill. I don't. I think I think it's a sort of a, a health that you still can see and take delight in things. And, and sometimes I've been very grateful for comedians when I've sort of been... Putting a frown on them and grimacing and taking and then and the winds changed and my face is stuck like that and then uh, and then uh, a great comic has come along and and you uh, and just sort of taken that that grip of that uh, taken that away you know just sort of say well actually you know it's remember yeah but, but because it's like weirdly there's two things it's when you hit that mm-hmm. um, you're going oh my god he thinks like me. But to get to that point, I do think you have to. Your brain has to be slightly derailed. I, d- I, d- I don't. No, think otherwise, so. it, like there'd be no comedy. What do you mean? Because we'd all just be thinking the same all the time and just going, "Yeah, that's that, that's that." Comics' brains tend to go like to the different extreme and then come up with that idea. But lots of people have got. I've got very original ways of 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 looking at looking at things and and no, like they sure, no, they have. No, they have. Just comics. <laughs> sure lots, lots of your friends outside of comedy. If if you if you um you you know that sometimes the great delight in them is that they just sort of see things in a way that that that, that you don't. And and there's there's certain people who, you know you you talk to them and and you you know they feel like you're. They've got some calipers in your brain and they're squeezing. But other people have got ways of seeing things. That I don't know. They make your brain feel like it's some soil that's just been nicely t- forked over and, and that they've let some light in. Whether it's... Yeah, it's, yeah just sort of... Just a, 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 a fresher way. And I'm grateful to all... Yeah, all sorts of different people. You're making me feel like a proper idiot now, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks, Rob. <laughs> Um, new show then. I've not heard about this. The Brain Show. It's called The Brain Show. Yes, and it's about how um, it's, it's a, I talk about how I, I, I was volunteer subject in a, a brain imaging experiment, which left me with more questions and answers. There's all this stuff because there's this billion euro project to do the human brain mapping thing, and there's one in America. And there's all these people. Whenever they see a sort of a a brain a brain scan image, they're more likely to believe any old moonshine there's all this stuff like the neural basis of romantic love you know they find the love spot scientists have found or the new the the bit of the brain that lights up if you're wise and this is up uh, the too yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> i tell you it's a big market for me <laughs> no sorry on, no no but so um uh, I, I find all this stuff that uh, these all this neurobabble both hilarious and terrifying and so that's that's a sort of uh, a good a good place to come in uh, with comedy because it's just trying to reduce people to you know. have you done this already yeah i've done i've done um i've done it about uh about 30 times work in progress stuff yeah. you know and i did three nights of it at mccantleth you know and so um is it ready now I, I think I'm only I'm only a few months away from getting that first laugh, and then once one laugh, one gag gets a laugh, I just It'll think it's going to yeah, it's going to be a domino effect. I think those gags are going to come. 
No, I still. I think I've got about. I've got about forty-five, fifty minutes. I need to. I need another right. forty-five, but fifty. This is the thing that fascinates me about you, uh, and like have so much respect. Is again, going from you could pretty much sell out whatever you wanted to going. No, I'm going to do a show called The Brain Show, mm. Evolution of Everything, mm-hmm. and like for a while, not any performance at all. Yeah, well, I'm performing a lot now, well, I, but I think. I think, I mean, Stuart Lee pointed out there is sort of more, there is a sort of alternate indie sort of crowd now who like more offbeat stuff, you know, and I think you and I are benefiting from from, from that a bit, as you know, and you, you sort don't, of created... Don't bring me into you've your You've cre- created that a bit as well, you know. I know you, you know, you do the, the, the Tharak, you know, in between, as warm-up for the darts as well. You've got that yeah. other side, yeah. but, you know... Of uh, but yeah, it's. Um, but did you make a conscious decision? Is what I want to know. A conscious decision to to go. No, I'm not having any of this. I almost. And that's one of the reasons I find very difficult in in interviews because I almost never make a conscious decision about anything. I just like a little crab that scuttles along and I occasionally put up put up we periscope and then I scuttle along some more. I I, I never have a plan. Sometimes I think. I really don't want to do it. Like, that's it. I'm just staying in. I'm reading for the next f- six months. And then other times I... And then I suddenly do a gig and I think, wow, that's great. I want to do I want to do. So what you're saying is you're quite lazy. <sighs> I don't know. i just moody. Moody. Oh, they're all moody. Are you, are, you, are you a hard worker? I don't think I am, but apparently... Uh, just to everyone else, I am. Do you work hard in stand-up? Because you sent me a text saying, I've rewritten a whole new... I've rewritten a show. I was doing something in one direction, I've junked it, and I'm starting to write a whole new show. So do you work hard at it? Well, I always like to have uh, a theme. Like, I won't just go, I'm going to do an hour of yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, stand-up. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, just yeah. find that nonsense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, the new show is called Mumbo Jumbo, and it's about um, how... Basically, we've got two sides of the brain, mm-hmm. common sense and mumbo-jumbo, and mm-hmm. mumbo-jumbo gets the best of me a lot of the time. And, <laughs> yeah, and I, I don't like that. So you're doing The Brain Show. There's a great book by Francis Wien, How Mumbo-Jumbo Conquered the World. Really? It's a really good book, yeah. I'm just reading another one by him at the moment about the golden age of paranoia about the 70s. Very funny. Yeah, it's very good. And a, friend, a friend of mine said to me, yeah, you like you like half of the book. And I thought, what? Because, what? yeah, I... I'm all right with jumbo, but don't give me any of that mumbo stuff. No, no, I'm a jumbo man, you know. But so, <laughs> like so, that great Jerry Sadowitz joke about I'm a wanker's wanker. A, a wanker believes everything news of the world. A wanker's wanker only believes some of the things in the news of the world. <laughs> um, are you uh, so? The future is the brain show, then. Yeah, I reckon. Well, yeah, I did about. Um, I, I was doing the evolutionary show for about two years, and I'm just doing a book of that now like a non-fiction book of it and then um I, and, I, I, and I, that's what that's what i'm i'm working on now but also like i wanted to ask you sorry because you just i was asked about how you do you write i walk around talking to myself and then jot things down but i always i, I measure right. i remember no no went for writing stand-up yeah but i remember you ha- as a man with notebooks yeah I do used you to do how that. do you write stand-up um or, ideas how do you are, I don't. What do I'm you not mean? As, precious anymore, as you're walking the dog, as you or as you, but you nah, get in. Do you pace around the house rehearsing? No, I, like big ideas, I let fester and then just go for them. But the actual gags. But is, what's that process? Are you? Uh, do you, you rehearse? Yeah, very much. And, so. is, and do, does the re- is the rehearsal where the 
yeah. when that's yeah. when a lot of the these ideas comes. sort of it's yeah. the, that's like the sort of the lightning rod that or whatever you call well, it. That's that's when this stuff yeah basically into like I've got the new show written, but um, I started out in September and like for five days before the first show, mm. I will run the show in my house. Right. And so literally, you sort of like in 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 the is it in in the living room. By that mantelpiece, yes. or, or up, and by so that you literally mantelpiece. by that mantelpiece, you'll put your pint of Guinness there, or whatever, or you don't, don't your ribena now, and then you'll just, and then you'll, I'll run the whole thing. You run and the then whole thing, and and I find ideas come to me that way because, like, I, I've actually told a couple of comics to do this because when you're doing it like that, um, and like you're doing it full. Full metal, mm. like you know, you're not just kind of going. And then I say this, and then I say that. Yeah, you're just yeah. going, I'm doing it as a show. And uh, and ideas come then, and so I just write those down, and then that becomes probably the best part of the show. So you'll you be stopping, and you, and you jot something down, yeah. that's as you say it. And so what you've got until then is a framework of some gags and some ideas, and then you start performing it, and that's when the gags come. Um, I know what I want to say, and then it just begets, it becomes better. And then do you do a separate process where you work on the actual performance, like where how I'm going to stand and where? where well, you know, I tell you the weird thing. Um, I got I got to talk there from, quickly when I get from to doing that bit. the the railway children is doing it in a Yorkshire accent as well. Mm. I I speak a lot slower, mm. and I had this like it really freaked me out. The last couple of gigs I did as a stand-up, uh, I speak so quickly on stage because mm. the, the ideas are kind of coming all the time. That I couldn't get to the end of a sentence, you know, where I quite literally couldn't say the last yeah, word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had to take a glass of water. So the one thing I'm taking from the railway children is I'm not going to speak as quickly. And uh, I think that'll be a better show. Yeah, yeah. My wife's always saying speak speaks s- more slowly, and because um, uh, I always think I'm, I'm giving them like two hours worth of material for every hour anyway, because so, they talk yeah. so quickly, and then. Um, yeah, and to uh, yeah, that's a good that's a good thing to. Uh, it's funny. Look at you thinking. I love it. I love watching people thinking. <laughs> you actually were going. I'm taking that in. Yeah, the, 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 listeners, just just for, just to give you the full picture, what that means when me thinking is is some spittle is just drooling out of the side of my mouth down. Which my I'm chin. licking. <laughs> but no, but like I want to finish off with this as well. Is the thing of um, you know. We keep on alluding to it, but as I say, you were you rock keep and roll. on alluding to it. You were rock and roll. You were the first person to put his foot on the monitor and to hold the microphone at a ninety degree angle. Oh, and yeah. so that, to me, that's the beginning. Coldplay stole that. <laughs> but, um, that, was, that was the but, beginning. But it is that thing of like you—you you went like just the weird thing, right? You went from doing impressions, which anyone who's a good impressionist can mm. do, to then. Like you went on this real long journey to then going, I am going to deal with the world. Yeah, I, I was doing, I was doing stuff about, uh, yeah. To, uh, when I learned to start, then learned to do stuff about sort of uh, the things that I was thinking about: depression or being frightened out in the street or music or whatever. And then, and I had to lose an audience to get one. I remember starting to do jokes about oh, you totally about bands, and then, yeah, and then, and then, um, um, but also, don't like I remember. I always liked what Anthony Wilson said to New Order. He said, the reason why you, you've got to put 
most of your earnings into the hacienda is because you haven't fallen from the moon. You've come from Manchester. You've come from a scene, and you wouldn't have existed otherwise. And it was a sort of a, a there's a certain scene that it's not like oh then I just suddenly had the brainwave that I could talk from the heart more. I could do material like this, or I could you know come on in a completely different way. That there was that scene that we were part of, but yeah. benefited from, and and it was a field effect that. You, you know, I mean, even now, I think uh, I wouldn't have the courage to do what I'm doing if it wasn't for brilliant comedians doing doing um, stuff that's sort of, you know, eccentric or intelligent. Or there's a lot of, you know, yeah, intelligent or from the heart. And, and then, so it doesn't seem so nowadays. It doesn't seem so. What well, you don't seem like such a freak when you come on to doing it. Cause so, it do you not feel you made it an actual decision? It, it was just. This is the way it went. Yeah, yeah. Because like you did, like you know, you changed completely, and like you disappeared for a while as well. Mm. Was that well, depression? I'm just alone. I just I, I like staying in and reading, you know. And I don't I don't sort of um, I I uh, uh, yeah. I just I'm always been a, a bit of a loner, so I so I like to I like to sort of. We we talked about bitterness in a <sighs> jokey way earlier on, but you have no bitterness, do you? Uh, All I, right, should, come on, call should, David Dale about now. Should I, should I have more? Should I have more? No, I'm saying it's a good thing. Uh, I, I got I, sometimes I think I'm invisible. There was the thing the other day. Some some comic Marcus Briggs or something that was organising thing. They say no comedians ever do any material about climate change. And, I was, and you know, they did this whole piece in the guy, and I was like, what have I been talking about for yeah. the last two years? And then um, and then there was. Um, so that and, that and was, was annoying, something else, like yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the, uh, but, uh, yeah. I just think I was just feeling invisible. Hello. <laughs> but this is what I mean. But, you, you, but you, you're not, you're not, a, you're not a bitter man. No, no, no. I kind of uh, did. You did you used to be, and you realised you were using so no, much energy. I, no, I kind of like. I obviously got my you know negative faults, but um, I I don't really care. What I've got think. a cardboard box. I, I sort of cut out into the shape of a of a television. I sort of painted like television dials down the side, and if I'm feeling it, I put it on my on my shoulders and I stand in front of the mirror and I like pretend I'm on the telly. <laughs> Sometimes I'm doing like a serious interview show. Sometimes I'm talking about art. Other times I'm doing stand up. You know, and, and I'll is do that it like when you the missus left you. <laughs> you know, I do it like you do in the front of the mantelpiece. You know, full yeah. on. You've got to yeah. go for it. You know, I'm yeah. telling younger comics. If they want to be on TV, they've got to practice with that t- cardboard TV box set but, on there on on them in front of the mirror. Would, would you uh, right? Let's, let's Otherwise, they're this. not going to survive it in this business without some sort of mental breakdown. Would you like like <laughs> you've done you've done the radio show? Yeah, which is a bit of media for you. Mm-hmm. Would you like more media? Yeah, I would. I would. I would like to do a. I did a TV series a couple of years ago that nobody watched. In fact, I used to get recognised until it was broadcast, and it was like the final. Brown leaves falling onto the grave, <laughs> and um, it was on BBC Four. But I really, really I loved that. doing that. Doing that. Oh, thank you. Uh, I, that was uh, about the oil, wasn't it? Oh no, the history of oil. No, that was good. That was on more four. But that, I really enjoyed that. And then I did something in between, which, trust me, you didn't see. But it was, I really enjoyed doing it, and I worked with some really good actors. And um, I've learned to really, really respect actors and a really good actress, um, Claire Price. In the thank you. Show. I know. No, but it's good. I thought because everyone always said, "Oh, actors are such lovers," and I think we're much more lovely than they are. Claire Price, she was doing this. She was carrying it. She was in this thing at Richmond Theatre with Natalie and Brudier, and she was this Anna Nakebon thing. And they did, they did, uh, they did. Um, 
It was very physical. There was one bit where she has to have a fight. There was loads of slapstick in there. She's on stage almost the whole time, 800 people. And then she was getting the silver link back. And I was saying, no, 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 they should, they should be putting you in a cab. Uh, you've been listening to uh, Under the Radar with my special guest, Rob Newman. Thank you for listening. Keep going to see live comedy. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.